with your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. We are at the NJ of 2016. Raise your champagne to another year. Season I'll raise six. my coffee cup. Oh, your coffee cup, Jay. I understand. It's late. We're recording in an evening that uh, we both have to work in the morning. So, Oh, wait. No. No, you I don't. don't. Son of a bitch. Uh, I do. So I'm uh, not drinking coffee or else I'll be up late. <laughs> also because I don't really like coffee. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Jay, we've reached the end of season six. The 2016 season is in the books. Our final episode. And it was another fine year. This is our first year, Jay, of uh, sort of sticking to a, a set roundtable schedule. And I think that went off pretty well. We established some new series that we're going to do on a yearly basis going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Um, sophomore slumps the dig in your scene we're going to do some more of those next year we're going to do some uh, some one-offs as well we did the in the 90s we just last week did the tom petty episode and then earlier in the year we did metallica those were both a lot of fun so looking forward to revisiting those in the coming seasons and visiting more cities visiting more sophomore slumps talking about more 80s artists and how they survived the 90s Jay, we can't do this end of the year wrap up without saying thank you to some people. Uh, Absolutely, that's become our our tradition to say thanks to people who have contributed to the podcast, people who have kept us financially solvent for the during the podcast. Uh, those would be the people that joined us this year on Patreon. We had a great group of people who contributed to our weekly post, giving us feedback on upcoming episodes who voted on episodes that was fun to throw up four albums and have uh, the the group vote for what album we should review and we got to share some bonus content when we had it from episodes we're pretty lean on our content we don't uh we don't spend too much time bsing before or after shows but we did get to throw up some bonus content and then also we got to give away some cool stuff this year, we uh, gave away the uh, Failure album at the uh, beginning of the year. The double uh, vinyl record of uh, The Heart is a Monster. And then we also gave away a copy of the 33 and a third book, Dig Me Out, for our 300th episode. Um, and then, Jay, we also have a contest going on right now. We do. And Can I win? You cannot, as an employee, uh, as as one of the only two employees of Dig Me Out, you are not employee. eligible. You mean volunteer? So, yeah, there you go. Uh, volunteers are not eligible for this for this prize. So today, as uh, as this podcast goes live, it's uh, December twenty seventh. There are four more days. Become a Patreon subscriber, and then you are launched into the Patreon end of year contest. Now this is a little bit different. Uh, we're giving you some options on what you get to win by by becoming a Patreon subscriber. You have to be a subscriber by midnight New Year's Eve. That's December 31st midnight Eastern time. And then we'll announce on New Year's Day 2017 the winner. So here's the here's the things you're gonna win. Number one, you either get to pick a free review for 2017 season or you get to pick up to $30 worth of merchandise from our Zazzle store which I have 
put together, I think, some pretty sweet merch. Gotta say so myself. There's some good stuff in there. Some good t-shirts. Some coffee mugs. Uh, there might even be a lunchbox for those of you who uh, carry a lunch to work. And uh, some other stuff. So you're going to end stickers. That's also in there. But anyway, 30 bucks worth of merch or a review, which when we do those uh, through PayPal on the uh, website, those are 30 bucks. So that's how we arrived at that amount. So you get, you get to pick one of the two. That's number one. Then, other thing is, you're going to get to pick one of our roundtable topics for 2017. Either you're going to pick the city for one of our Digging Your Scene episodes, or you get to pick the artist for one of our In the 90s episodes. That's, I think, is pretty cool. And of course, if you so choose, you can join us for that episode and take part. Those are pretty cool, Jay, huh? I think so, yeah. I saw the merch you put up. Uh, if uh, some of those, uh, like the t-shirts with the band names, if uh, some of those take off, I'll, uh, we can run with that idea even more. Yeah. See what we can come up with. I did Fun. purchase myself a coffee mug. <laughs> nice. From, from my green tea. Let's say you don't drink coffee. I actually, uh, I do drink it occasionally at work, just when I'm feeling a little sluggish. I'll get myself some something out of the Keurig at work. Oh, and, uh, but uh, you maybe you don't drink coffee because you've never had good coffee. That's probably it. But like last year, like 2016, Jay, our levels are one dollar. You get to join us at Patreon. You don't get all the uh, previews of episodes. You get the bonus content, and you get entered into the contests. And then at the 250 level, after 12 months, you become eligible for a review. We'll be having our first Patreon review as our first review of 2017. And I'm going to divulge that. It's Mr. Scott Russell Hallgram, and he picked Mr. Bungle's Disco Volante. That'll be our first review of the 2017 season and he'll be joining us for that review because he cho- he so chose to join us and he joined us during the season last year he was on the when we did the review roundup during the spring yeah he joined us for that are we uh, gonna uh how come we only did that once well we only did it once because it was like hurting cats trying to trying to get all those reviews done yeah i, I would like work. to do also the 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 beginning of the year was really front-loaded with a lot of albums that were relevant to us. When I went and started looking at what was available, we had like half as many albums available in the second half of the year. So we ended up doing more reviews during the second half of the year uh, for those spots than uh, doing episodes like that. We actually did a lot of reviews in the second half of the year that I didn't think we'd get to. So that was fun. But we'll, we, we will revisit that format again where we get to... Because I know that in... 2017 we're looking at quite a lot of new records coming out from artists relevant to our podcast so we'll we'll do it again we might we might mate, wait till a little bit later in the year so we can accumulate more records to, to do in that sort of quick five minute uh, review format we also need to thank all the people who who went in outside of the patreon went to our actual dig me out podcast.com page and and bought a review that way uh those were extremely helpful in keeping us you know, like I said, solvent and keeping the podcast in the black that we're not uh, dipping into our kids' college funds in order to uh, fund this uh, endeavor. And so we need to thank everybody who did donate and uh, hope you enjoyed our reviews, whether we gave it a, a worthy album or a better EP. 
I don't think we had that many decent singles this year, Jay. I think we were pretty much either on the album or the or the EP review. Yeah, I felt like we got in a pretty uh, pretty good role there where I couldn't remember. I was having a hard time remembering the last single uh, that, that I had come up with. So Other than Hater, which we just did, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't recall a lot. I started to feel a little guilty that maybe we were being too easy. But you you're, uh, you're loosening up in your in your older age. <laughs> Maybe. Although when I went back to kind of prep for this, there there was a lot of good stuff there. So yeah, and we need to thank all the people who joined us for our roundtables this year. Those were a lot of fun. We had a, a wide range of guests. You know, we had people that came back: uh, Matt Wardlaw, Chip Midnight, Jeff Takis, Eric Grubbs, Tom Mullen, Annie Zaleski, Jim Copney, um, Joe Royland. And then we had new people join us like DX Ferris and, and um, uh, oh, Aaron Perino. He was on previous years. He came back again this year. Um, Eric Peterson. Uh, but we had uh, Kay Hanley join us for the Boston episode. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, our final, well, we're calling it a round table, but uh, it was uh, Paul Zolo joined us for uh, the Tom Petty round table, although it was more of a triangle as it was just the three of us. But that was originally scheduled as a round table. But a lot of those people, most of those people, are going to be back in uh, 2017. So we look forward to chatting with them on our various roundtables and in various episodes that we're going to be doing. So, Jay, let me ask you. Let me put you on the spot. I'll ask answer this after you do. What was your favorite roundtable of 2017? Uh, well, I have three here. Okay. I'll, I'll give them to you in order. Okay. I think digging your scene, the Boston episode... Uh, was number one. I thought we did a really good job of getting the right um, the right guests and the right areas. So we kind of covered both, you know, a band uh, or a member of a band that that could go back to the sort of late '80s time period, and then also come forward and throughout the decade, even till now, with uh, Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo. Then we had Aaron, who could kind of represent the outsider moving in bringing his band to the city and then moving from the late nineties into the two thousands. That was really cool that we got a radio uh, point of view. Keith Sawyer. Sawyer. Um, I think that helped tremendously to understand that dynamic as the story played out in the episode. You, you know, Mm -hmm. hear the importance that the two radio stations played there in that scene, which, uh, a lot of, I don't know that we'll, we'll see as we do more of these, but I don't remember that being as big a part of the the Chicago story it was really kind of a unique thing, and we got it done in like under an hour. I think it was only like uh, f- fifty minutes or so, which was yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't mind the longer episodes, but it's also nice when you when they're compact, you can get to to the core of the story and uh, you know not take two hours. So. I thought that one uh, played out really well. And the other two that I had in here that I re- I just remember having a lot of fun were the emo roundtable. I uh-huh. thought was very spirited, <laughs> and the Chicago. I think that was the f- was that the first one we had ever done. Well, we did Australia last year, right. um, with Gavin, and yep. uh, we had the uh, DJ on uh, from the Double J. And yep. whose name is blanking him right now, but um, that was our sort of beta test of the idea of digging into a scene. Now, we obviously we did all of Australia, which is not quite the same as doing individual cities here in Chicago and Boston, but but it was, you know, that was the the genesis for that idea. 
All good picks. I, I'm going to agree with you in terms of the digging your scenes were probably, I think, two of my favorite. And I would put the Boston episode also at number one. I really like the Metallica episode just because mm. doing that band who just caused such a rift to occur between certain fans in the 90s and getting the you know stoic defense by Eric Grubbs of their... <laughs> Uh, their changes and and having Matt and Annie on to uh, discuss all that. I mean, it was a lively discussion for a band that evokes a lot of lively discussions in terms of how their sound evolved in the 90s. And then I I also really like the swing episode because we're so that that, that is really an educational episode just even for us. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to do more of those where we're going to get into music scenes that we're not familiar with really in any way um in future you know we we've done emo we've done metal we've done punk those are bands and artists and scenes that we're somewhat familiar with so to do the swing episode i really felt like it was you know our education as much as anyone else's so and it was fun to do a, a split with an interview and then a round table got two uh two halves there yeah, I agree on that one. That was one that uh, admittedly I was hesitant um, about, and I think it came out really good. I, I, I enjoyed actually uh, learning about the, the genre just as a as a music nerd, sort of mm-hmm. the origin of it, and, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it more. I think the, the tricky part, and maybe this is where our listeners and, and patrons can help us, is uh, you know when we get these sub, uh, subjects and genres that – you and I are admittedly not experts in. We need experts, or at least oh, yeah. people who are passionate about it. So that makes a huge difference. Um, so keep your eyes open for requests for help here and there, probably through Patreon, for folks who want to come in and, and talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We we are acknowledge that we have massive blind spots in certain areas, so we will definitely be reaching out <laughs> for assistance on uh, certain topics. And uh, we're not afraid to say so when we do need that help. I, now, we mentioned that uh, Kay Hanley had joined us for the Boston episode, sort of like how Louise Post joined us last year in 2015 for the um, Bands Reuniting episode. We had someone on who, who might have been you know, an, an interview subject, but we had them on in, in a roundtable setting, so it was a little bit different. So I want to ask you, Jay, as far as our interviews went this year, um, looking back, were there any particular interviews that stood out that you really felt that, you know, it kind of hit, checked all the boxes in terms of being interesting and, and you know, enlightening and educational and all that kind of stuff? Was there any one or, or two that stood out? Uh, I have five, but I'll focus on okay. one. Five. All right. <laughs> Kevin Martin from Candlebox. Yeah. So honest, which was awesome. I had no idea uh, going into that that, you know, he would be that outspoken and, and straight, you know, he's also a tremendous music fan and, and it's, you know, at least in the show presented himself as being extremely knowledgeable about all kinds of different music, mm-hmm. which was fun just to kind of just, you know, kind of geek out a little bit uh, on that aspect. Um, lived in several different parts of the country growing up and, and which I think pro- provided some interesting points of view. He can tell the Seattle story of, sort of from a fran- uh, fan 
a perspective and a band perspective and mm-hmm. that they uh, did eventually come up through there so yeah that one that was a wasn't sure going into that one i guess my assumption would be a pretty pretty low key and short and to the point but uh i walked away being very impressed with him as a person and also uh i just thought it made for for great conversation um and then out of after that i really enjoyed the uh yovana uh, babovich interview the author of dig me out mm-hmm. just thought her historical point of view and sort of taking that story of the, that record and that band and, and really bubbling it up to more of a social commentary uh, an observation was was interesting andy H- uh, hyman from uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, the roadie was was interesting to have that point of view, which I'd love to get more of. Sort of that, uh, you know, the people behind the behind the stage and and around these acts. Right. John Davis, uh, Super Draglies of Memory, is always fun to talk to. Um, and then I didn't do the Scotty Morris interview, but uh, I thought again that that roundtable was was a lot of fun, and I thought he provided kind of the, the the key to the whole thing like to me after listening to his interview then the whole roundtable made a whole lot more sense about why this happened and uh where these musicians were coming from uh, sort of their background and how they wound up uh playing this type of music so i thought that was a was a really good conversation that you had with scotty well thank you uh it was uh it was definitely like uh taking the approach of you know a lot of times when we do these interviews i already know a lot of the stuff you're just sort of asking the questions for the audience and hoping that you know there's good stories and whatnot that, that sort of evolve it, with the scott more scotty morris interview i literally didn't know what the hell i was talking not, not not what, what i was talking about i didn't know what he was going to be saying because yeah. it was such a you know unique topic we were talking about in terms of me not being familiar with that whole world so that was a lot of fun i also liked uh, all your picks were really good i do want to mention I, I really like talking to jacob slichter from semi-sonic just because he was so honest with so many aspects of that world that we're not familiar with which is being a band that has like a number one hit single and you know a lot of times we've talked to artists and while they were successful and they might have sold a lot of records they didn't necessarily have a number one single and that perspective is interesting for a band that, you know, is on the same level as a pop artist for just a, even if it's just a brief moment of time. Mm. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I also like the Michelle Leon interview that we did regarding the Babes in Toyland and, and her book. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But I think I, I agree with you. Overall, I think the Kevin Martin interview was the most surprising and, and edu- educational and enlightening and entertaining. And he's just outspoken and willing to talk about anything. And that's kind of what we love to, to do is talk to people like that, who just have no boundaries in terms of what they want to talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about the albums that we reviewed this year, Jay, mm-hmm. in terms of ones that you did not pick. What yeah. was your favorite review that we did this year in terms of discovering an album that you didn't know existed and you found it and you're like, wow, I can't believe this wasn't, this was never on my radar. Um, yeah, I have a, te- I have a, at this point, won't surprise you, have a, a list of 10 here. Um, I try to focus mostly on what you just said when I'm, when I think about this every year is I set aside the ones that I obviously am very familiar with and brought to the show and try to focus on the new discoveries. The one at the top of the list, I think that fits that criteria 
is uh, the Screaming Jets, Tear of Thought. No idea uh, this band existed. Name sounded vaguely familiar. That was about it. Um, just a killer record. I, I, you know, I'm still listening to it. it. It's it's so it's in my it's in my sweet spot uh, in a lot of ways. But there's a u there's a uniqueness to it that um, listening. I even it, it made me you know invest more in the band and listen to some more material. Their other material doesn't quite hit the same spot that this hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really cool time capsule into the an early '90s sound that is very much a mix of what's to come, what has been, and what's going on at the the moment. It's produced really well, um, and it's just got some really rocking tunes on it. So uh, that's the one that's top my list that I was completely unaware of that I discovered through the show. That's interesting. I picked, and I, I'm guessing this is in your top ten. I picked the Sensefield album. Yeah. Just a shot of energy and skill and melodicism that I just was totally unprepared for. It was a band that whose name I had heard and just never bothered to check out. And then we got a request to, to, to check out the band. And I'm so glad that we did because that has been a band that I've, even though we you know reviewed them back a couple months ago, I've gone back and you know, listen to that album a couple times since then, which I don't always do. Um, that album and then uh, the one that you picked, Imperial Drag, I think that's my runner-up in terms of, uh, you know, that was a band where I, I maybe heard a song back in the 90s, but I couldn't really replace it. If you had said who, if you'd played that song independently of the review, I probably wouldn't even remember that it was Imperial Drag. But mm-hmm. hearing them now and, and what they were doing with that record, you know, it's one of those lost sort of oddball classics that uh, you know I'm, I'm happy that we get to review and, and get to share with people or get people to remember because it's a uh, it's a really fun record. Well, let me run through my other ten. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also want to uh, mention the Living End album was also a really cool yeah, record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have that in my list. So I had Summer Camp, Pure Juice, number yep. two. Uh, just a power pop gem. I mean, it's really solid start to finish. Um, Archer's a loaf, icky metal. Again, a band I was kind of familiar with, but hadn't really spent that much time with any particular record and just really unique. Uh, living end, even though I, I'm a big living end fan, I'm not, I was not that familiar with the first record. Um, with the welcome mat, another band, no clue they existed really kind of a quirky, unique sound driving and crying i was familiar with some of the the stuff off the previous record but i really ended up liking this record smoke Sensefield building like you just mentioned fountains of wayne um and then the misfits american psycho 
didn't think I would enjoy that as much as I did, but uh, it was a fun listen, especially for the, uh, the holiday uh, Halloween time. Yeah, that was a shocker too. Enjoyed that record a lot. It was a little long, but it was a good record. Yep. Yep. Um, definitely enjoyed that one. Even though it doesn't work cohesively as an album, I, I do like a lot of the Moby Animal Rights record. There's a lot that doesn't work, but the stuff that does work, I think, works really well on that record. It's sort of like way too long. <laughs> so, uh, yep. and then uh, the last thing I wanted to round up with or, or wind up with uh, the year with was uh, in terms of bands that are relevant to our podcast that released new records this year um, which you know we covered some of those in our episode on um, back in May uh, that were new releases uh, what were the records that stood out for you that you really enjoyed for 90s artists that uh, either with their original band or if they maybe put out you know a solo record or, or what have you what was the stuff that stood out for you uh, this was hard to find <laughs> to to get my thoughts together on just because uh, it's difficult to like go through and say okay what I've been listening to for last year and then of those bands who qualifies for this genre or this category so I have a short list here the Lisa Memory is at the top of my list Unnecessary mm-hmm. Evil this this is among I think some of John's better work or maybe best work uh, it p- combines. I think what's great about the first Lisa Memory album, but also what I think we all are familiar with and love about Super Drag. So it's mm-hmm. got more melody and hooks to it, but it still has that the sort of wash of guitar sound and a little bit of that shoegaze feel. So uh, my only complaint of that is I really wish he would have done it in stereo. Uh, the, he put the stereo mixes up on the, uh, what do you call it? The Pledge Music. Pledge Music site. Um, and I've got, I think, half the record now in stereo, and it's so much better from a, just a sonic point of view. But that being said, the material is what it's all about, and I think that that record is a—it's going to be a classic for me. Dinosaur Junior record is really good. Yeah, I, I've got that on here too. I think it's worth noting. Um, I think that they, it it felt more like um, I felt like the first reunion record they did. It sounded a little bit like two bands on one record. This sounds more cohesive. I think the Lou Barlow stuff sounds more. It sounds like more like Dinosaur Junior, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. Instead of Lou Barlow songs thrown on a Dinosaur Junior record. And the opening riff of the first tune is just, that's what it's all about for me with that band. I mean, it it starts off, you're like, oh my God, this sounds like Eddie Van Halen could have written this riff, but it's just, 
being played by a madman with this killer monster <laughs> fuzz tone. You know, it just sounds insanely, insanely cool. So, and the last two are Letters to Cleo, Back to Nebraska. Low expectations for that. I, w- I wasn't sure, honestly, what we were going to get when we got that from uh, from Kay before she came on the show. And it's really great uh, kind of pop hard rock with a little bit of an alternative tinge there. You can definitely hear more of a Cheap Trick kind of influence on the band. And then the Not A Surf, you know who you are. That's one that's uh, it's familiar. You know, it sounds like them. There's some pieces here and there where they, they extend themselves. But uh, it's just solid. Like, uh, I've had that in my rotation uh, here over the last couple of weeks. And the, the material, it, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of what you expect, but it's good. So Well, I want to throw out there, I, I agree with you on the Dinosaur Jr. and a lot of your picks. I want to throw out there the Bob Mould record, Patch the Sky, is really good. And it's just been three really good records in a row with him and, and the lineup with uh, Narducci and Wooster. So, See, I forgot about that one. That's yeah. why this category was so hard. It is. And then I also want to mention um, the Suede record, Night Thoughts, that came out early, real earlier in the year. We uh, you know, we did Bo- Dogman Star around the time that the album came out. Um, and that album is not far off from Dogman Star in, in sort of spiritual uh, relation. It's a, it's a dark and uh, kind of, I don't know, the word sexy, but it's, it's got that like classic sort of suede feel that you uh, expect from that band um i agree with you my number one record is is lee's memory unnecessary evil but a very close second a 1a and maybe a 1b is david bowie's black star um that record to me is it still sounds like it sounds like the future like it's so what i would expect from bowie but then never really expect him to do it and it's Mm. A, a great, you know, departure record with his death at, just two weeks after the release of that record. It's so advanced to what else is going on. Him playing with, you know, this sort of jazz trio or whatever it was that he put together for that band. And it's it takes these long musical passages and, you know, it's his, you know, parting shot that's really just artistically bulletproof in a lot of ways and um just it just makes you appreciate so much more all the weird twists and turns that his career took uh to end it on that is is really special so i've gone back and listened to that record a lot this year and more so than outside of maybe the unnecessary evil record out of all the 90s stuff that were new records that was probably it uh for me so and i did enjoy uh, a couple other records the grant lee phillips record the narrows is is good and the the Weezer record is is good. I don't. It's still tough for me to swallow Weezer as an album band. Um, yeah, I'm in the I, same I, place with that band. I, I enjoy just, a lot of the singles. I just cannot get through yeah. whole records anymore with them. I'm uh, in the same place. But uh, just a shout out to another um, podcast. If you get a chance, the Song Exploder podcast that sits down with an artist and dissects a song. Uh, from a release they do a really good with the guy the guy who does that podcast does a really good episode with rivers cuomo where he talks about writing one of the songs for that album and how he like his sort of madman process of writing and building a song in his house like he basically has a studio in his basement and starts with 
a guitar riff and builds it from there and all the he has like spreadsheets that he uses for various info and it's crazy it's a crazy episode so if you get a chance to check that out that was my introduction to song exploder and really good podcast so and we're we're lucky because we're surrounded by a lot of cool podcasts you know we got eric grubbs doing uh do you know who you are and jeff takis rocket fuel and andy dare does the andy dare podcast and am i forgetting anybody else that do podcasts well uh mr warlaw does lost together and mr tom mullen has the uh, washed up emo podcast so we're lucky in that way we know a lot of people who do a lot of cool podcasts and uh we're lucky to uh count them amongst our our friends in the podcasting community so that's it we're done we've uh we've covered our favorites of this year be sure to leave your favorites in the comments that's it everybody have a great end of the 2016 year this has been pretty much a shit year i mean overall i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it a lot of really good people died and then yeah and then everything else that happened uh, a lot of really bad people won yeah <laughs> not gonna sugarcoat it for you folks this was a a giant turd in the in the life of uh this planet but uh we'll get through it and uh 2017 gonna make it all better i have no idea how best case scenario asteroid that's best case where you're at that's where i'm at (laughs) you don't think we'll get to uh the point where we can upload our consciousness to robots oh i hope so sure i hope so i thought you'd say that's your best case scenario i mean i did see that movie with johnny depp where his consciousness gets uploaded to the uh transference doesn't go so well kind of becomes a megalomaniac dick so uh, i'm not sure if i, I would want to well no i do because you know dying sucks so yeah we're off topic remember the contest folks you can win stuff by joining patreon for as little as a buck a month that's it as always if you like what you heard please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at itunes look forward to chatting with you on facebook twitter Follow us on Instagram, all the usual places. 2016 is in the books. For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next year with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. You can support the podcast by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com backslash digmeout.com.